You're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor William Lee is Faith in Grace from Philippians chapter 3. Thank you, worship team. Please take a seat. Um, maybe if you need a cup of coffee, uh, let me see the time. I need to add sync with Singapore side, so I have five minutes. So why don't we just need to grab a cup of coffee? You need to exactly three minutes. I have two-minute introduction, and I need to add sync online with Singapore, okay? So if you need a cup of coffee, please help yourself. There's two stations there, three minutes. And you come back to your seat, and I have my two-minute introduction, okay? While waiting for some of us, maybe just a quickly uh, have announcement for the Vietnamese. So we're going to speak in Vietnamese, okay? Uh, các bạn nào mà có trong cái kênh mà sự sống mới đó, uh, một sư có thông báo cái chỗ mà địa điểm cà phê mới, bởi vì cái địa điểm cà phê cũ không đặt được nên nhá nhớ kiểm tra vậy thấy có một hai người uh, hai mọi người trả lời thôi nhá nhớ kiểm tra địa điểm mới lúc 2 giờ nhá. Cảm ơn mọi người. All right, please uh, 
Go back to your seat and uh, enjoy a cup of tea or tea, a coffee. And uh, um, I know it's uh, live stream, uh, as sing so it's uh, dual live streaming with Singapore. Hello, New Life Christian Church, Singapore. Uh, thank you for sending uh, your pastor over here. I, uh, and uh, he got a live stream back. So with the technology, sometimes we feel like, you know, a little bit of, of uh, being a uh, a place is two time, right? But he's here in person, okay? And uh, he's safe and sound. I think I treat him well. So, uh, uh, so yeah, uh, <laughs> I hope that he enjoy our time here in Vietnam. I spent a couple of days with him, and this is the uh, the first uh, in person uh, pastor guest speaker from Singapore after post lockdown, all right? And um, so, Pastor William Lee, he's a uh, uh, I think he's pastoring the church in New Light Christian Church Singapore over 30 years, over 30 years. And uh, my time, uh, I lived there um, uh, to have uh, to study at Singapore Bible College. And uh, both Pastor William, uh, Carolyn, his wife here with us, and uh, the church has been uh, very uh, instrumental and uh, as part of a church that I worship there. And he was my pastor during that three years, just in case you didn't know. I was sent from this church, Pastor Eric Dooley, and the church sent me to Singapore. And our church principle is very clear. When I sat there and lived there, I belong to that church. There's no remote control from Vietnam. I will be there. I serve there. I under submission of Pastor William, and he served there. So we believe in the principle from church to church. It's never be about other organization from church to church. So uh, I was under his leadership and served there. Uh, and uh, he granted me the opportunity to serve almost every uh, a ministry, a part of a ministry. The only thing that I think we don't have no time is that uh, serve in the um, a senior, serving the senior. Which I, I wish I can have a bit more time to serve to for my exposure uh, in serving uh, the senior uh, group. But my time uh, has come, so I came back here in 2012. And... Um, He's uh, also same school with me, Singapore Bible College, but he in his track is uh, in, in counseling as well. And Carolyn, also one of my uh, her, her classmates, one of the classes I, uh, we studied together. And so uh, we're a good family. He's a, a husband of one wife. Uh, yes, amen. Somebody got angry with me this, you know, <laughs> a few years ago. They said, oh, you have problem with that? I said, yes, I have problem with people who have many wives. And so he also father of, uh, of uh, four, uh, four children. One, the eldest daughter, Jennifer, who is, uh, he was in Okinawa, but now in uh, Sendai in Japan. And he was supposed to be there with the family for a family reunion, but he got COVID. So he got locked down in Singapore. The family went. So he's going to do a travel revenge soon. To Singapore, uh, to, uh, to Japan with the expiry date of the visa. By the way, Japan's still locked down. Uh, and uh, so uh, the first daughter is Jennifer Lee, and uh, she's teaching, right? Teaching English in, in, uh, in a Japanese school there. And the second one is Nicholas, who is married now and, uh, and uh, working in Singapore. And the, the third is twin, uh, twin boys is uh, Timothy and, and Mark. And I have a privilege to, and he trusts me to have a pre-marriage counseling uh, for Mark. And uh, he got married uh, this year in May, right? Correct, May. And I had the opportunity to uh, be at their wedding. 
Uh, the second one, Timothy is still single, and uh, they are both a national athlete, a springboard diver of Singapore. And uh, we were praying for them for Olympic, uh, you know, uh, 2020, but delay. And I think uh, I think some changes, and they won't be able to be there. But they still uh, they still retire. They retire now. They completely retire because I think Singapore, after you pass certain age, you no longer can be a national athlete or something, right? Yeah. So. Uh, so uh, they are working, and uh, one of them studying, working together, right? Finishing, working. And so um, I put in the Discord server that uh, just his hobby, uh, two years ago, he broke World Guinness record on fidget spinner. I don't know how you can do it like this. Uh, just 20, 24 minutes, something. Uh, a very patient guy. I, I probably I cannot do even one minute. And so uh, I challenge you, for those of you who want to set the Guinness record, we create our own category, okay? <laughs> so what that is, you and I, we're going to prepare for next year, the church. We're going to do a Bible reading plan <laughs> for 365 days consecutively with the participant rate, I pray, 90%. I just asked him, right? Most of the churches, I asked pastor around, what the participation rate of Bible reading plan? Some of them say 10, 20, 30. I told him 30. He said, yeah, good. But I don't, I don't believe in the 30%. Even I don't believe in the principle 20, 20 80. The, you know, like 20 serve the 80. Why? The 80 should serve the 80, right? So I believe we want to have our own category next year, okay? World Guinness record. If World Guinness record do not recognize our record, heavenly will, okay? Okay, all right. So, uh, without further ado, I would like to invite my dear friend, Pastor William Lee, and, uh, to, uh, and Caroline's here, his lovely wife, come to share with us God's word. Please help me to give a big round of applause. Thank you. Xin chào, mabuhi, ni hao. So good to be back here in this wonderful, wonderful church. Uh, meet old friends, and uh, always good to be back here. And, uh, a few weeks ago, I think a few Singaporeans were here. Yeah, they also had a wonderful time worshipping with you guys. Uh, they came back and said they had such a wonderful time. Oh, you know, they're raving about you guys. Yeah, So it's, it's wonderful to be able to worship, uh, even though you know, we are uh, different countries, yeah, but you feel right at home. Yeah, and uh, they were just telling me, yeah, those guys that came here said, Hey, watch. Yeah, I see many old friends again. Yeah, <coughs> yeah how, how they really felt right at home, even though they were, they were uh, all the way here. Uh, just double check, uh, is Singapore hearing me, Lam? Are they okay on that side? Alright, uh, Singapore, where are you? Singapore, yeah. You thought you can escape your pastor, huh? <laughs> Even though I'm away, I'm still there. <laughs> um, but just a reminder for the folks in Singapore, uh, continue, uh, uh, like Pastor Lap said about Bible study plan. I don't think we, uh, next year, let them win first. Maybe the following year we beat their Guinness, we conquer, beat their record. But this, this week, the last week for the, the, the Philippine study, so make sure you do that. Yeah? Uh, for our church in Singapore, we're doing a study together. Just a reminder, and then maybe Fang Wei, who's the MC for today, you can show them the scriptures for this week that is ahead. All right? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So good to be back here. Uh, I see Juan did some decoration. So this three light. So if I stand here, I, if I want to receive the love of the Father, I stand here. <laughs> I see the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I stand here. I want the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Woo! Very good. Hallelujah. Well, uh, shall we open up with a word of prayer? 
<clears throat> thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, that we can come into your presence, that you're ever present, Lord, that wherever we are, we can worship you. I thank you for this church that you have added us together, you've joined our spirits together as one. That even though, Lord God, we're in different countries and even in other parts of Asia, that we can come together and worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, that you are that you're ever present. And right now, Lord God, we give all of ourselves, Lord, unto you to worship you. And we hunger after you. We want to thirst after you. Whatever you want to input and pour into our lives, Father, we welcome you with open arms. And we say, yes, Lord, please. We want more of you. We want to know you more. We want to love you more. May your, may your presence, Lord, fill all of our hearts in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. <coughs> Amen. All right. Well, I, I spoke to Pastor Lab that I'll be sharing from uh, Philippians 3. Yeah, Faith in Grace. Uh, Philippians is a book, <coughs> for those of you, you probably, probably know already, it's a book written by Paul, a letter written by Paul. Yeah, he was in uh, Rome in prison at that point in time. Uh, and uh, he wanted to write to uh, the church that he planted there over 12 years earlier uh, in, in Philippi. But he couldn't go back because it's very far away, about 1,200 kilometers away, and he was in prison. He couldn't go. So he wanted to write something to encourage them. Yeah, he, had, he had heard about what was going on in Philippi, yeah, and uh, he wanted to write something to encourage them. He would have been there in person, but he couldn't. So he write this letter, we call the book of Philippians. And, he, uh, and then, then Timothy, yeah, his uh, son in the Lord, would, would bring this letter uh, to the Philippian church. And at this point in time, he was chained 24 hours a day yeah, to, to Praetorian guards, yeah, the most elite of guards, because he was an important prisoner. And so maybe every four hours or so, you know, they would change a guard. Yeah? 24 hours a day. Change, every four hours, change, change to another one. Even go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, someone is chained to him. Yeah, so no privacy. It was a very difficult time uh, for, for him. Um, but yet Paul yeah, uh, wanted to write this because he really loved the Philippian church. Yeah, this, this Philippian church was very dear to him. They, they loved him. They took care of him. Uh, they sent supplies, sent food yeah, for, for Paul when he was in prison. Yeah, and back then, when you're in prison... If your family and friends don't send food to you, maybe you, have, you don't have food. Yeah? The prison there is not, not they don't have like, uh, you know, UN uh, prisoner of war <laughs> uh, rules and regulations. You know, if you, nobody brings you food, maybe you don't have food for that day, for that week. Yeah? Maybe you starve to death. Uh, they don't, they, maybe they bring clothes for him, right? If you don't, you don't no one brings clothes for you, <laughs> you wear the same clothes that you came in, maybe. One week, one month, one year, huh? wearing the same clothes. Yeah, so some, some of the prisoners there die of, of disease. Right? So, so he was very uh, fond of uh, the Philippians, yeah, the brothers and sisters in the Philippians who took good care of him. And he was moved in his heart. There are things that he wanted to share with them. And so he wrote uh, the book of, uh, this letter to the Philippians. And there are some lessons that I want to share with you guys this morning from Philippians 3 that help us. He was trying to tell the Philippians, if you want to continue growing in Christ, growing in love with our Heavenly Father, these are the things you need to pay attention to. Remember these things in your life. If you want to continue growing in faith, remember. Remember these things. And so he wrote uh, this letter to the Philippians. And so let's begin in chapter 3, verse 1. <clears throat> He says, uh, whatever happens, it's a bit small, so I'll just read out to you. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things. 
and I do it in sa uh, to safeguard your faith, to rejoice in the Lord. And Pastor La was saying, and someone heard someone pray this morning, we can rejoice in the Lord at any time, whatever it is, whatever happens. Doesn't matter what's going on in our world around us, we can rejoice in the Lord. Because why? Because we are saved. We know that we are saved. We know that God loves us no matter what. That we can have our a personal, direct fellowship with our Heavenly Father because of what Jesus Christ has already done in our lives. And so He can rejoice at any time, anywhere. He can rejoice uh, in our Heavenly Father. But then He gives a very important warning. In verse 2, He says, Watch out for those dogs, uh, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say that you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God, by the Spirit of God, are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us, and we put no confidence in human effort. And so Paul was referring to dogs, he was referring to, um, there was a faction of Christians called Judaizers. Yeah, these were Jewish Christians who still hung on to old Mosaic laws, especially like circumcision. And they were telling the new believers, if you want to be a Christian, you want to be a believer, you, yes, believe in Jesus, but you must also be circumcised if you want to be saved, which of course is not true. Right? Jesus came so that all the old things, all the, all the laws that were given to man from the past can be done away with so that we can just put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If, we could be, if, we, if our sins could be saved by our efforts in doing all those things, why did Jesus have to come? Right? So Paul says, no, don't, don't trust in those things. Put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was warning this uh, Philippians, don't follow the Judaizers. Don't be sucked in by, by, that, by that, this, that, the need for human effort yeah, in order to be saved. Yeah? So works cannot save us. He says that if can be saved, I could have been saved. In, let's go to the next verse. In verse 6, Paul said this, uh, for, as for legalistic righteousness, he said, I was faultless. If you want to talk about do, using works to be saved, he said, I, I'm, I followed it all to the T. I, man, he was known as a Pharisee, a teacher of the law, a very strict teacher of the law. Paul followed everything, everything to the law, to the T. He even persecuted people who did not follow all those legalistic stuff. Yeah, and he, in his mind, he said, oh, by doing more of these things, I make myself more right with God. <clears throat> Until one day, he met personally, encountered with Jesus, that, and changed his life. Changed his life completely. And we see him saying that in the next verse, in verse 9. I no longer, he says, I no longer count. Next uh, verse 9, yeah, he says, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous, how? Through faith in Christ. We become right with God through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith. Depends on faith. And so Paul was trying to tell the Philippians, remember, <clears throat> have faith only in God's grace. <clears throat> sounds simple, sounds straightforward, but it's easy to forget. And Paul was trying to tell the Philippians church, it's easy to forget. And, and for us, the same thing. It's so easy to forget that our faith our salvation comes through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Put your faith 
in God's grace. It's so easy to fall back to religious thinking, religious mindset, to go back to works in order to be saved. And the reason why, especially in Asian culture, uh, grace sometimes is a difficult concept to accept. Right? We grew up Asian. Asian is uh, everything is by your effort. Right? You want to do well in life, you better work hard. You want to get good grades, study harder. You want to have a successful life, you must do this, do this, do this. Prove yourself. Nothing is for free. You want, you want God to love you more, work harder for His love. You want salvation, work for it. You didn't earn it. How can you be saved just like that? Just believe I can be saved. So easy, no need to do anything. Doesn't make sense. Often time to the Asian culture. Right? And so there's this wrong thinking that I must earn God's favor. I must earn God's favor. But, but to think that we can somehow, by our effort, by our works, undo the sin is to, is to totally underestimate the hopelessness of our sin. How bad it is to think that we can somehow do good things, do good deeds, help the poor, give money to the poor, do good works. By doing all these things, it can somehow undo the sin in our lives. You are saying also, it's not that bad. Sin is not that bad. That I can, by, by human effort, can somehow undo it. it. Means we don't understand, we underestimate, totally underestimate how dreadful, how terrible sin is in the eyes of God. And so that's why Paul was so adamant in making this point to the Philippine church. Don't forget, yeah, because it's so easy to go back to this works mindset. <coughs> You know, I've been pastoring, like I pastor, about 30 years. And every once in a while, always, there's bound to be someone who comes to me and says, Oh, Pastor, I feel so bad. You know, I'm not, not doing well. You know? And then it's, you always start by someone make, making a mistake. We all make mistakes. Right? Someone makes a mistake, they sin, and guilt comes upon them. And then how? In order to make themselves right with God, oh, I better start you know, coming to church on time. I better read my Bible more. I better pray more. I better give money to the poor. I better do good deeds in order to make myself right with God again. Yeah, and I always thought to them, does these things make you right with God? And most of the time, they, always, they did, uh, no. Yeah, how do you get saved? Uh, by grace, yeah, by faith in Jesus Christ. Yes. And then why are you doing these things again to, to wash away your sin? Does it work? Uh... They know it's not, but yet there's something in the human nature that keeps wanting to do works in order to earn God's grace again. And so Paul says, remember, all you have to do, just don't, don't trust in these things. Humble ourselves whenever, we, not if we fail, but when we fail, humble ourselves, just humbly say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I made that mistake. I, I, I sinned against you. Please forgive me. I repent. I turn away. Help me, Lord God overcome these things and receive His forgiveness. Receive His love once again. Amen? God loves you. There's nothing you can do to make Him love you more because He already loves you, I mean, to the max already. And He's already sent His Son to die for you, to show His love for you. What more must He do to show you? It's how much He loves us. But it's, we need to turn back to Him. We need to just rest, be confident in His love for us. Amen? So every day, yeah, uh, when we go through those those struggles in our life, remember, 
Paul is warning us, it's so easy to forget. So remember only to have faith in God's grace. Now our works, good works, important? Yes, of course, of course you must help the poor. Of course you must read your Bible. Of course you must pray. All these things are very good, very important. But those things don't save you. You do those things out of your love for God. Your love for God. Not because to earn God's love or to earn salvation. Alright, okay, let's go on. So number one, have faith only in God's grace. Number two, Paul was reminding the, the um, Philippians to major on the majors, yeah? not on the minor. Maybe I can get <coughs> Joshua to help me with a, a simple example. You know, musicians, I used to play the guitar a long time ago, <coughs> but musicians, you know, know what is called a major chord. You guys know a major chord and minor chord? All, all the musicians here know exactly what I'm saying. But a major chord, let's say an E. So an E sounds like this. Louder, please. Alright, and then there's another thing called the minor chord, which is. Yeah. So if I don't know if you can tell the difference, yeah, but a major chords, a major chord is more edifying, you know, more uplifting. You know, it just somehow it's uh, more encouraging when you hear a major chord. Whereas when you hear a minor chord, uh, very depressing, very melancholy. Very sad. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you like? Do you want to be happy in life or you be sad in life? So that's why Paul says major on the major cause. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Okay, thank you very much, Joshua. Alright, so remember, major on the thank you, Joshua. Major on the major things in life. Don't get sucked into all, distracted by all so many, many things in life that shout for your attention in life, that irritate you. You wake up in the morning and, oh, your shirt is very uh, holding your shirt. I, I wanted to wear this shirt. I want to wear this dress. I can't. Or you're taking, uh, you know, lining up, paying for your drink or coffee and someone cuts in and can irritate you. Don't get irritated by small things in life. Don't get sucked into all the things in this world that say, oh, it's important to do this. The latest fad, the latest phone to buy, the latest holiday to go to, the latest destination, the latest whatever. So many things shout out for our attention. Important, urgent, do it now. But we all heard before, right? Urgent things in life are seldom important. And important things in life seldom urgent. And Paul is saying this to the Philippians. So in verse 7, he says, I once thought that these things are valuable. So many things in life seem valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yeah, worthless. Don't get sucked into everything people around you may say is so important, so important. Consider carefully. Paul says, choose carefully. Paul says, Consider, think carefully. Is it really that important? Is it really worth your time? Is it worth getting frustrated, irritated over it? Yeah? Compared to knowing God, is it really that important? Is it going to be around a year from now? A year from now, are you going to feel the same way? Ten years from now, is it going to be still important to you? Many things in life don't, I always seem very important at that moment. Yeah, but in the long term, always, if you consider carefully, is it really worth it? You have to consider. <coughs> Humans love 
<coughs> I mean, are scared of losing out, right? Losing out, um, especially the, uh, the four Ps, you know, losing out on possessions in life, losing out on your pleasures of life, losing out in your popularity, losing out in power, control. Yeah, we are afraid of losing out to other people. Yeah, so we try to hold on to these things, but are they really, really worth it? Thank you. And so Paul's saying, consider carefully, will it really matter? There's a, there's a famous missionary called Jim Elliot, and he wrote this, I thought was really, uh, really appropriate. He says, uh, maybe just follow along. He says, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Yeah, he's no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. <coughs> Means yeah, things that are so everybody around the world says, Oh, I need to get this and you get this. Is it really worth it? Can, does it really matter in the long run? Does it matter in, in terms of eternity? Can you really hold on to it? Or a year from now, ten years from now, who nobody knows anything about it anymore. Nobody remembers. Instead, give up those things. Instead, you hold on to that which can, you cannot lose, that which will last for all eternity. So much more important. There are so many more things in life. That's way, way more important than whatever the world says. Do this, do this, have this, you need this. God says very clearly, Jesus says, the greatest two commandments, love Him, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love one another. What are we doing to draw close to God, to love one another, to minister love, love of God to one another, to help others come to know God? These things are way, 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 way more important than whatever the world is shouting with bright lights, trying to get your attention. And so verse 8, Paul says, everything else everything else everything means everything <laughs> everything is worth is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my lord when compared to knowing Christ is everything else is worthless for his sake i've discarded everything else counting them all as garbage so that you, so that I could gain Christ. So he's saying nothing is more important than knowing Christ more. Nothing is more important than knowing Christ, Jesus, my Lord. <clears throat> and the word knowing there is not, not a superficial knowing. You know, it's not knowing about Christ. It's knowing it means from the depths of your heart, your soul, you know Christ. That's what he's talking about. Infinite value, infinite value of knowing Christ. You guys, everybody knows who is Elon Musk, right? Huh? The guy who sends you know, SpaceX rocket to space almost every week now, Tesla. Uh, you know about him, but we don't know him. I don't know, maybe some of you know him personally, but I don't know him. I know about him. Yeah, very interesting person, richest man in the world. I don't know him. I know about him. I know who Michael Jordan is. Yeah, during my time, the greatest basketballer. Yeah, in the world, but I don't know him. And Paul's saying you must know Christ. Don't just know about, don't just have a superficial understanding of who Christ is. Know him. Know him. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things 
will be added unto you. God knows what you need. God knows what your burdens are. God knows what. Seek Him first. That must be number one in your life. So every day when you pray, ask God. Before you get out of bed, Lord, help me today. Everything I do, there's going to be so many distractions in my life. So many things going to shout for my attention. Help me, Lord God, to keep the main thing the main thing. Help me, Lord, not to lose focus of who you are in my life. Help me to major on that, those things that are really important. Don't get sucked in by all the million and one minor things that, 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 that shouting loudest in my life. All right? Amen. Above all, help me, Lord, in every situation to see what you are telling me. God is everywhere. He speaks to you and helps you grow in every situation in our life. All right? Okay, let's go on. Verse 10, number 3. And Paul is saying, <clears throat> the third thing is, remember, be determined, determined to, grow, to keep growing, to keep growing in Christ. <clears throat> determined to know Christ more and more. <clears throat> he, says, so say, he says in verse 10, this is, I take it out of the Amplified Bible, uh, which I think gives a very rich meaning. By the way, when you're reading the Bible, always good to read different. I like what Pastor Lau was sharing with me earlier this week. We were just chatting. He says every year, he, got, he reads through his Bible. He reads through it, uses a different version of the Bible. So this year, NIV, next year, NLT, next year, Amplified, next year, Message Bible, whatever. You know, you just use a different version because it helps. It gives you a, a richer understanding yeah, of of the Word of God. And so this Amplified, very good. He says, uh, For my determined purpose is that I may know Christ, that I may progressively become, what? More deeply and intimately acquainted with Him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding Him more strongly and more clearly. Wow. Be determined to know Christ Jesus more and more. So if you want to know Jesus, number one, he says, be determined. You have to have that determination. It means we are very intentional, very deliberate. <clears throat> it's not, okay, if I know him, I know him. No, you, are, you set aside your time, your energy, your intention of your heart. I want to know Jesus more and more. There must be a, not just, you know, I, I will, okay, I will want to know him if it's easy. If it's all about God's blessing, God's power, God's help, God's grace, yeah, man, give me more of that. Please, yes, more. But if it's more the difficult stuff, the pain of life, struggles, persecution, uh, I skip, I pass. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want any of those things. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. <clears throat> if you want to grow in Christ, God uses both good times and bad times, easy and difficult times. In fact, in fact, most of us learn more when things are difficult, isn't it? <laughs> when things are going well in life, pride comes in and we get arrogant and we think we're so good, so clever. We learn nothing. Yeah? In fact, many people fall away from God when things are going really well in their lives. Yeah? And so, oftentimes God brings a lot of lessons, helps us to grow during those difficult, trying times of our lives. Don't run away from it. Turn to God. God, I want, help me, Lord, to learn what you want me to learn in that situation. So he says, number one, be determined yeah, in this. But he also says <clears throat> to keep on growing. Yeah, become more deeply and intimately acquainted. Become more. There's a forward momentum that increase. There's an upward momentum. <clears throat> 
in wanting to know God more. There must be that. Yeah? Not satisfied with just a superficial kind of relationship with God. You must have a hunger for more of God in your life. And he says what? Second half, he says, more strongly and more clearly. More. I want to know God more and more. Keep growing in Christ. You cannot be, you cannot, don't be stagnant. He says, don't stay stagnant in your life. You know your physical body is always growing, right? I'm not saying height, you know, but your, your body is growing new cells every day. Right? Because every day there are old cells that are dying and so you need new cells to replace the old cells. Right? The day that you stop growing, your body stops growing, you're dead. <laughs> you're dead. You, know, you need to keep growing in order to, to, to survive. It's the same with our spirit being. If you want to keep growing in Christ, you want to be, you want to be alive in Christ, you've got to keep growing. We live in a, a sinful world right? that's always pushing us back. It's like... I was with Pastor Lark, we know we were doing some rowing boat, you know, and then there, when there's a current coming against you, man, you got to pedal harder, right? You stop pedaling, you start going backwards. The same way in our spirit being, you got to keep moving forward, otherwise you'll fall back. Yeah? The kingdom of darkness is always trying to destroy, trying to pull us further and further away from God. So very intentional in, in inviting God in your life, in drawing close to God, that you want to be deeply and intimately acquainted to know God more and more and more. Amen? Focus on the major things in life, put your faith in Christ, and be determined to know Jesus more and more. Yeah, don't be satisfied with where you are. If the moment you just oh, I'm okay, I'm satisfied, I'm good enough, yes, you're in danger. All right? So remember, keep growing. And finally, Paul says, be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. Be frank with yourself. Romans 12, 3 says, Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. <coughs> Honestly check yourself so you can realign. Realign, make sure you're going the right direction. And those of you, if you drive a car, you know every five years or so, you've got to realign your car tires. Otherwise, your car tires may not align and you'll keep pulling in one wrong direction. Yeah, and then you're always trying to turn back, waste a lot of energy and a lot of friction. Yeah, turning back. I, I, have, I, bought, I had to change my luggage you know, recently because there's a hole, a crack in my, my old luggage. Wow, I love that old luggage so much. had it for a long, long time but finally gave way. So I had to buy a new one. I didn't check properly. And so this, this trip was the first time I'm using this new luggage. But it keeps moving to one side. It keeps turning. <laughs> keeps wanting to turn to the right. So, and then when it's fully loaded, it's heavy, right? So there's uh, pressure. So I, I have to keep constantly trying to pull it this way in order to go. So it's a lot of strain until at the, and after a while, you, <laughs> your wrist gets so strained, so tired. Because you're why you're... Wasting energy trying to make it go back because it's, it's pulling in the wrong direction. In the same way, if your spirit is not aligned with God, it's keep pulling you away from God. So bit by bit by bit, you're further and further put strain in your life. When you strain your life when you're not in alignment with God. Strain your life when there's no alignment, when you're pulling further away from the will of God in your life. 
Yeah. So align. Yeah. And it's and and, and that's and it's. Sometimes those strains in life, those detours, re- wrong alignment that's very slight are the most dangerous, right? Because you think you're fine, oh, not so bad. Yeah? And you become complacent and you don't pay attention to what God's saying. It's like the proverbial, proverbial frog, right? Being boiled alive. Yeah? Put in cold water, you start turning out the heat, the frog just stays there. Hey, it's okay, not so bad, not so bad, until it dies. Right? Same way in our spirit, our spiritual life. Make sure align. Double check your life. <clears throat> so let's see what Paul says. In verse uh, chapter 3 again, he says, I don't, verse 12, <clears throat> say, I don't mean to say that I'm perfect. This is Paul. Huh? I don't mean to say I'm perfect. I haven't learned all that I should even yet. But I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. No, dear brothers, I am still not all I should be. So what's Paul saying? Paul is saying, I'm not there yet. Right? There are still issues in my life, still struggles in my life. But how did he know? How did he know that he was not all there yet? Because he was humble enough to be honest with himself. He was humble enough to be honest with himself, to check on his own spiritual uh, uh, situation. Yeah? But if anybody has a right to say that I'm there, that I'm doing great, (laughs) Paul, right? This guy wrote most of the New Testament. This guy experienced encounter with Jesus himself, right? Spiritual encounter. This guy saw healing, miraculous signs one after another. If anybody can say that he is so doing so well in God is someone like Paul. But yet, even he had the humility to say, I'm not there yet. There are still things I need to grow. But the reason why he knows is because he examined his life. And Paul wrote also to the Corinthian church another letter. He says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself, he says. Test yourself. You've got to check on yourself. Yeah? <clears throat> check on yourself. How are you now? Ask yourself, right now, where are you in your spiritual journey? On the scale of, let's say, one is uh, you're so far away from God. You know, you feel like God's a billion miles away. You feel like your prayer is just bouncing off the ceiling. You feel like no zero connection with God. And give yourself one. Where are you now? Be honest. If you're very close to God, you hear God's voice. You sense His presence. You know you're doing exactly what God's wants you to be in life, you are 10. Where are you now? Where are you now in your spiritual journey from a 1 to 10? Be honest. <coughs> Don't worry about people around you. Yeah? It's not about them. It's between you and you. Should be not more con- we should be more concerned about our own spiritual journey. <coughs> Where are you? Are you reading your Bible? We talk about reading, right? And next year, you guys are going to read the Bible. By the way, when you do this, your, are you serious about this? Is Guinness, <laughs> Guinness Book of World Records? All right, man. <clears throat> but, I mean, while you're reading, let me just, a uh, quick word of encouragement. When you're reading, don't just read, okay, I did, my, I did my reading for the day. Ask yourself, did I understand it? Did I dig in? Did I really try to, try to, try to perceive with my spirit? Right? What is God speaking to me through that word? 
I know Paul was writing to the Philippians church, but what are the lessons that I'm supposed to learn? So always read, not superficially, but read deeply, right? Um, but in your reading, where are you? In your daily time with the Lord, yeah, on a scale 1 to 10, where are you? 1 is, or oh, maybe once a year, <laughs> maybe only in church. Yeah? We're supposed to read God's Word every day, right? It's spiritual food, right? Some of you maybe can go without food for one whole day. You fast for one day. Yeah, some of you can eat no food for three days. Wow. Yeah, but all of us need spiritual food every day. Yeah, your spirit needs nourishment. You've got to read your Bible. One to ten, where are you? Where's your, where's your, your, um, your prayer life? One to ten, are you praying every day? Where are you? Be honest. Honestly examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. How's your emotional life going? Yeah, are there people in your life that you can share honestly with? In Singapore, I like, we always use Pastor Lap's wife's name yeah, for important acronym in our church. It's called HUA. Honest, open, and authentic relationships. Do you have HUA relationships in your life? <laughs> yeah? Do you have HUA relationships in your life? We need that. Yeah? Because there, there must be people in our lives that we can share honestly with what's going on in your life. Right? That's why James 5.16 says, what is it? Um, Confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. Of course, we, when we sing and confess our sins to God, but there are certain things, certain struggles that we go through in the human condition that you're not going to overcome unless you're honest about it, humble enough to share with somebody that they may pray for you. Yeah, do you have hua relationships in your life? You have two, three people. It's not everybody. Don't tell everybody, you know, your deepest, darkest secret. But there must be two, three people in your life who knows what's going on in your life so they can stand with you, they can pray with you, they can help you, keep you accountable, challenge you in a loving way. And then you help them also in that journey. You must have those hua relationships in your life. Right? And do you have it? If you have people in your life that, wow, Pastor, yes, I have two, three people that we, are, we meet regularly, we share our lives with one another, pray for one another, amen. Ten. You have nobody, one. Then you start working towards that ten. Lord, pray, God, give me two, three people in church, two, three people that, that who love God, who will love me for who I am, and I will love them for who they are journey in life together. You must have that, alright? So, your, check your spiritual life, you know, your emotions, your physical health, in all aspects. Yeah, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Make sure every part is doing well. Don't lie to yourself, alright? Be honest. Don't lie to yourself. If you think, keep lying, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. When you're not okay, it's like that frog, you know, being cooked alive. Alright? So, be honest with yourself. Ask God to help you see clearly. Uh, what time is it now? Ooh, okay. Maybe I close with this. <clears throat> uh, this is King David. Yeah, he prayed this prayer. And maybe this can be our prayer as well. He says, Search me, O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Psalms 139. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, Lord, and lead me along the path 
of everlasting life. Maybe we can all pray this together, just out loud. Maybe Singapore join us together. Let's pray this as a prayer from our heart as we leave today that God will help us to be honest with ourselves. You guys ready? And search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this important letter that Paul wrote to the Philippian church. Thank you for these important reminders in our lives. Lord, help us, Father, to always keep the main thing, the main thing, major on the major things in life. Help us, Father, never to try to do good works in order to earn your love, your grace, your forgiveness. But keep but help us to remember to always put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the grace that He has afforded us. That, Lord, You love us because You've already forgiven us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to walk in that grace every single day and to be humble enough, Lord, to, to receive Your love, that, that you, to have the understanding that You love us so, so, so much. You want nothing more than to welcome us back into your presence. And all you need, Lord, is for us to receive the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, Father, always, Lord God, to, to have a hunger to keep growing in you. We don't want to be stagnant. We want to keep growing, keep on growing. We don't want to fall backwards. May that thirst, you ignite that thirst more and more and more in every one of us right here in Ho Chi Minh City and also as those in Singapore. And we pray, Father, that you help us to be honest, Lord, with ourselves. And thank you that you've already put your finger on many of us this morning, on our hearts, on our heartstrings, and you pointed out things that, that you want us to focus on, pay attention to this afternoon, this week. Areas in our lives that are misaligned, that's going the wrong direction. There's maybe jump some is just slightly off, but it's good enough to put a strain in your relationship with God. Put stress in your life. And God saying to you this morning, you don't need to, you don't, you don't need to have that. I have something better for you. You know what you're supposed to do. Make that adjustment. You're hearing my spirit, says the Lord. Respond in humility. I'm here to guide you, says the Holy Spirit. Guide you so that you're aligned in perfect synchronicity with our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father just desires the very, very best for you. Listen to Him. Stay close to Him. Draw close to Him. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your amazing love for us. Above all things, Lord, we say we love you. We love you. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now God's people sing. Amen. Thank you, Pastor William, for the message. Um, shall we, I don't know about Singapore size, uh, you can carry on with your program. Uh,
but over here in uh, Vietnam, in here in our church, we are going to take another few more minutes uh, for your further uh, personal reflection, um, silent, um, and um, just just think about some of the the points of the message that Pastor William uh, uh, brought out for us. And so just spend another, say, three, four minutes, and, um, and I will um, um, uh, invite the MC for some announcement. Just go ahead and spend a few more minutes. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to know you. You created us in the garden so that we may know you. But sin, entered the, sin has entered the scene and cut us off from knowing you fully. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, to this planet Earth so that through him we can know you again. Lord, may our knowing, may the knowledge of your word, the knowledge of God, 
it's just not only information, but it's about relationship as well. May our knowing is not only informational, but relational, and both including intellectual as well as communal. We cannot know you out of the vacuum. You have placed us in a community so that we can know you through scripture. We know you through relationship to fellowship. We know you through reading of the word and sharing the word. We know you when we sending as well as receding, as well as sometimes falling, sinning against you. Your word is before us. It's a perfect mirror. And whenever we look at the mirror, and yet we see the ugly size and the ugliness of our sin at the same time, we see the perfect image of your son. And as we look into the mirror, our life reflecting, mirroring the image of Christ Jesus. Despite all of their passing, as we today decided, Lord, to live a new life in you, a life that said, I have decided to follow Jesus, no looking back, not going back to the same vomit, the sin, the same muddy place that we came out. We want to live a new life in you. We want to be like you. The only way to be like you is to know you. Lord, may each individual in this congregation, in this body of Christ, know you. Know you as the head of this church. Know you as the Lord of every aspect of their life, not just some. Know you as the Savior, not only of the world, but Savior of everyone who believes, and that each of us here, I pray. May your church not just knowing about you, but know you. And may the work, uh, the, the people who work in our office, our colleagues, our friends, our relatives, our siblings, our loved ones, come to know you, Lord, because they see our relationship with you. We don't want to introduce to them a religion, but a relationship. Thank you, Lord, for calling us friend. Thank you, Lord, for calling us our, your children because of the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. May we go out this place, keep knowing you, keep telling other people about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.